Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachma. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. On the website at whyagain.org, if you go to that website and click on the two words that say start here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book. His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And that chapter of the book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 18 years to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships, and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. Click the link, download it, print it off, copy it as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again absolutely free. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words, Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And if you choose to do that, before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app. That app contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process. And it contains a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. You can also download a whole host of audio files that shows just like this one, both from the whyagain.org website and the mindshiftersacademy.org website. And you'll find there audio files of shows like this one where people have been They've called in and they've been stepped through the worksheet process and or they've given powerful testimonials about how the use of these tools has resulted in 
powerful positive changes in their lives. We help people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives as they apply these tools, and secondarily because it tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, testimonials. If you have any of those to share with us, please give us a call at 563-999-3581. If you call that number and press 1, it will put the little icon of a hand by your phone number. I will announce you by your area code and turn on the microphone, and we can have a conversation. We greatly appreciate it whenever anybody chooses to do that because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work when people let us know how we can be of assistance. The goal is to be of assistance, and that's far easier to do when people give us a call. Alternatively, people can send us an email. You can email me at tjh at mindshifters-academy.org and or you can email genie at j-e-a-n-i-e at whyagain.org. That's w-h-y-a-g-a-i-n dot o-r-g. And if you do that, we will... Read those comments or questions, address them, have a discussion about it, and then as time allows, let you know with a return voicemail or email or whatever what day and time we did that, and then you can listen back in the archives to to hear what was shared or what your comment or question or testimonial stimulated. And we hope you do that. And we hope you find value in this work because that is the entire purpose for being here, Michael and Jeannie spending all their time, intelligence, money, and energy to maintain the website, to maintain this Internet show. They pay to be able to do this show. They pay to maintain the website with the host of valuable free tools that are available there. And uh, and they maintain the archive of this show, which is another uh, impressively valuable resource. This show has been going for over 12 years now. The first eight years, it was one hour a day, five days a week. And the last four, it's been two hours a day, five days a week. So... Um, let us know if you have comments, questions, testimonials, things you'd like to uh, help have us help you do a worksheet on. Um, the core tool in this work, again, is the Reality Management Worksheet. We've made a commitment this year to uh, make the space, not, not to make sure there is a worksheet in every session but or in every uh, first hour of the show, but to give that as an option, to offer it, to do more worksheets live on the show, to make the space for people to call in and report on worksheets they've done on their own or in their support group, and to get um, feedback, to get input on how to get the most benefit 
from the use of that very powerful tool. Um, I have, uh, I think I mentioned yesterday that I had awakened with a, um, a problem with my hip, which has happened a number of times over the years. I was um, blessed to be introduced to a chiropractor years ago who did a mind-body energy technique called the neuroemotional technique. And um, his use of that neuroemotional technique was life-changing for me. It essentially um, introduced me to what Dr. John Sarno was doing without mentioning Dr. John Sarno's name. The idea that my mind energy, my emotional upset, um, when it is lodged in the body, creates tension or spasms, and um, and it can create, you know, reduction of range of motion, and it can create uh, considerable levels of pain, and if I'm willing to take a look at what that mental emotional upset is and face it head on and or release it with EFT tapping or breath work or in the neuroemotional technique with holding some energy points related to the acupuncture meridians and breathing and softening and asking to be shown what's going on in the hidden part of my mind. And when I do that, I very, very commonly get not just a mental-emotional shift, but also a physical shift. And years ago, I had a situation where I had um, cracked a vertebra in my back back in 1988, right at the belt line, and... um, so I was living in a state of um, constantly working on my back, constantly rehabbing it, etc. It was not uncommon for me to have the hip or the back go out, as we, as um, people talk about, you know, the back went out. Well, what that would mean is I would have muscle spasms that would make it almost impossible for me to stand up straight. And I would engage in all of the exercises and tools that my chiropractors and physical therapists and orthopedic surgeons over the years had told me I needed to do. One day I was um, having that spasm in the hip and the the muscle that I now know is the psoas muscle that would pull the hip up and make it so I couldn't stand up straight. And I went to the chiropractor and he fixed it, and of course he was such a good chiropractor that it almost always held. And he said, okay, so come back in a week, I'll make sure it's held. I went home that night and barely slept, did, did get some sleep, but had a very rough night, worked the next day seeing patients all day and called them um, the next morning and said, um, I can't wait, I need to come see you immediately. So he said, okay, come on in, let's see what's going on. And sure enough, the hip was completely out again. So he 
did the mental, the, the physical adjustment to release some muscle tension and move the hip back into place. And, and then he said, now, before you get up off the table, let me test your energy system to find out if there's an emotional component to this. And sure enough, there was an emotional component. And so we released that emotional component, and I felt the psoas muscle shift and pop and release. And the the way we got to that in that energy technique system was he asked me, so what, do you, what were you doing when the hip went out? And I said, well, I was moving this um, large toolbox in the garage. And he said, why were you moving the large toolbox? I said, well, because um, the, uh, the big new van that my wife had to have won't fit where um, you know the minivan used to fit with that toolbox in the way. And he said, okay, why did she need a big new van? And I said, well, because she felt the minivan wasn't big enough to pull the great big new boat she had to have the previous season. And he said, okay, um, have you ever, you know, had any fear about being able to afford to pay for all of this? And I said, well, I don't know. Let's do the muscle testing. And sure enough, the muscle testing said, yep, Tim's afraid that he's not going to have the wherewithal to be able to pay for all of this. So we did that release, and that's when the psoas muscle released. And that happened to be the first time I did that energy technique in which it didn't go to an earlier time in my life, that there was just that energy of fear about these purchases and this money. And I didn't have to go back to him for that for probably over a year, maybe two years. And then the hip went out again, and I went to him right away and said, let's test my arm and see what I'm afraid of. And sure enough, there was another more pressing fear in the moment, and we did that energy work, and I did the release, which is almost exactly the same as the reality management worksheet. I basically say it's perfectly okay for me to see and feel whatever is going on, and I release any attachment to it, and I just breathe and soften while I'm holding these energy points related to the um, acupuncture meridians. And um, sure enough, um, as I release those points and breathe, time after time now, ever since that initial episode, whenever the hip goes out, I start doing mental-emotional work on fear, unconscious fear, irrational fear, whatever it might be. And the more I do that, the faster the hip recovers. And um, just as with the Dr. John Sarno work, um, there isn't even any, um, there isn't always uh, a need to um, have a specific conscious clarity about what the fear is. What's most important is that I just start talking 
to the body, to the energy system, to my emotions, about how I understand that there's something going on that needs to be addressed, and I'm willing to see it and feel it and address it. I can do that with EFT tapping. I can do that with the reality management worksheet. I can do that with you know, chiropractic um, experts who are trained in the uh, neuroemotional technique. I can do it from a variety of different perspectives as long as I do it, as long as I acknowledge that this is a mind-body unit. They're not separate. My body isn't a separate entity from my mind. That what I'm holding in my In the mind, in the in the body's energy system, in my unconscious, conscious, subconscious, preconscious, whatever you want to call it, is impacting the functioning of my body. And as long as I'm willing to address that on a regular basis, as long as I don't get completely caught up chasing down physical remedies or solutions for this ache or pain or discomfort that I have, I open a different access to the upset. And my experience has been life-changing. It's almost exactly the work of Dr. John Sarno. It probably uses awareness of his tension myoneural syndrome in which he identifies that if I hold mental emotional tension in my tissue, in my body's energy system, and it gets activated and it causes a contraction in muscles or a spasm, if it reduces the blood flow and therefore the oxygen supply to tissue, even as little as 5 to 10% for just a few moments, that's enough to initiate excruciating pain. And if I'm willing to talk to the energy system, if I'm willing to talk to the body, talk to the mind, acknowledge that there is an upset, acknowledge a willingness to address it at the mental-emotional level, rather than chase off into uh, physical treatments, alternating hot and cold ice packs and other, you know, electrical stem, deep tissue massage, hot and cold alternating. All the things that people commonly do for mental emotional upset excuse me, for the physical trauma that they're experiencing in the body rather than looking at the mental-emotional upset. If I'm willing to address it, I frequently get shifts in what I'm experiencing. And so, lo and behold, yesterday I started 
doing that work. I did a, a worksheet or two on um, fear because I have the understanding that when that psoas muscle spasms and makes it seem like my hip has gone out, in quotes, the hip has gone out or won't go into place or is very uncomfortable or or the, the muscle, the psoas muscle itself won't let me stretch out my leg. Then, uh, within a reasonably short period of time, I mean, this kind of thing used to happen to me, and we would say, oh, the back went out. And it could be two or three weeks of me hobbling around and going to chiropractors and going to physical therapists and These days, um, yesterday's uh, hip discomfort was almost completely gone by midday. And um, again, as I mentioned, it isn't even necessary that there be some big aha release. And that's why I'm not uh, you know, reporting on worksheets I did because there was no big Aha, it was just, oh, um, let me do a worksheet on fear. What might I have some fear of that's happening in my life these days? And um, cancel the thought and the goal and ask to be shown the hidden part of my mind. And then after three or four worksheets like that, without any without any insight, without any flash to a trauma of the past, without any insight into specifically what I might be holding a fear about today, the hip released. The pain decreased to almost nothing. The range of motion was restored. So that's why we do this work. That's why we promote it. That's why we make ourselves available to help others do the work and learn about it because it's... There is no separation between my mind and my body. And the more I pay attention to that, the more I'm willing to understand the truth of that and live, act, actually live from that realization, the better my life goes. So if you have an issue, if you have something you would like support in addressing, either through a worksheet process or the EFT tapping or uh, or the uh, the tool that Michael calls the um, mind shifter, which I refer to as targeted journaling. Give us a call, 563-999-3581. Call that number and press 1, and we can have a conversation. How can we support you? What might be on your mind today that would be good for us to explore? We've had a, a, a series of technical glitches with uh, blog talk. We still can't get the, uh, the chat room to function. And for the first 10 minutes or so of today's session, the uh, switchboard wasn't allowing 
proper functioning. So it's good to see that there are some people on the call. I hope you've had no trouble getting in today. And I hope we can support you in this work. What is going on for you? I spent another, uh, well, I'd say a large chunk of time in the past uh, day um, listening to the audio book from Christian Sonderberg about his pre-life experience and what he learned about it. But here's Magda, I believe. How are you? I am doing very well, Dr. Kim. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Okay, so what you were just reporting about your back and the pain, the recurring pain, and and having to do with some kind of emotion, which was cool that you didn't even have to identify, uh, I thought maybe that would work for me in regard to what's happening to the skin on my face, which for months now has been um, very red, pink to red, itchy, and moving from one spot to another. And right now it's up around my eyes. And so I'd like some help putting that into a worksheet format um, or a mind shifter if that sounds like it might be better. What do you think? Well, um, generally what I do with people in these situations is I ask them a few questions about what their experience is. And so, um, you know, if you're having pain, physical pain or the itching, then you can put that on the worksheet as this is what's happening and this is the set of thoughts I'm using to create a particular emotion about it, whether it's fear or anger or frustration or resentment. And then um, the next thing is, um, you know, what's my goal? Well, my goal is... However you want to positively state what your life experience would be without any of these symptoms. Okay. Right, so I'd be I would I'd be free and clear with comfortable, vibrant skin, etc. That, right. that that might be the that, that might be the goal that I would be holding. Uh huh. Sounds good to me. And and peaches and cream always comes to mind in terms of how my complexion has been all my life. So I think I'll sneak that in there somewhere. Um, Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Um, And, and And then the other aspect of it is then, you know, sometimes people don't have a, a negative physical symptom. They just, they, I mean, um, like a physical sensation. They might have the red skin, but it may not itch and it may not be painful. And then I say, okay, so what emotion are you aware of? 
when you think about the fact that this has been here for however long it's been here and it hasn't responded to whatever treatments you've done and then you do mm-hmm. the emotion or you do the worksheet on the negative emotion whether it's fear oh. or hurt or confusion or anger why is this happening to me kind of thing Mm-hmm. okay you know, like classic example was the woman, I did a, an all-day EFT tapping workshop. And um, I asked, you know, somebody wanted to do something, and this woman, she was in her mid-80s, and she said, yes, I'd like to do or, uh, some tapping. And I said, okay, what do you want to tap on? She said, well, on the uh, the pain in my neck. So we did a round or two of tapping on the pain in my neck, her neck, and and everybody in the group was tapping along with her. It was this, you know, kumbaya moment. It was wonderful. <laughs> and um, and then um, it got worse. Mm-hmm. And now she's really upset. And we did another round of tapping, and it just got worse. And I said, okay, well... Let me ask you, when you think about this is just getting worse and not getting better, what emotion are you aware of? And she said, fear. And I said, okay, fear of what? She said, I'm afraid I won't be able to do my art. She was a painter. Mm. And she said, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to hold the brush and do my art. And I said, okay, let's just do a round of tapping on my fear that I'm not going to be able to hold the brush and do my art. And in one round of tapping, her fear went from like a, a, on a scale of 0 to 10, her her fear was 37, right? It was off the charts. She was terrified that the art that she was doing that gave meaning to her life was going to be eliminated from her life because of this neck pain. And when she just did the tapping on the fear, she dropped down to like a two or a three. And mm-hmm. she had tears in her eyes, and she wanted to give me a big hug, and it had nothing to do with a physical mm-hmm. damage to her neck. Got it had to do with a mental, emotional energy lodged in physical tissue, what we call the physical tissue. So if you start to think about, you know, oh, my God, I may never get back to my peaches and cream skin or any other negative thought that might, if you pour enough energy into it, that might generate a negative emotional state, that's a really good target for the worksheet. Okay, good. So so working around the thought, the feeling, and what's coming to my awareness now is I keep hearing what do I not want to see what do I not want to face and look at look at and face just because it's around my eyes um, it's really itching around my eyes and, um, and it's on my face so that thought is just like um, I guess that would be my fear that there's something I'm afraid to look at and face. That would be my thought. Well, it's certainly worth a series of of worksheets to see what it yields. Mm -hmm. 
Sure. Okay. Okay, good. And, and, and again, I would release any goal to figure it out. Yeah, so, yeah. For instance, with, with the, the hip pain yesterday, I didn't need to have this big aha. Mm-hmm. I just needed to make sure that I took care of myself with rest and fluids, et cetera, and didn't dive into let me go to the chiropractor, let me do the massage therapist, let me get to the physical therapist and tell, you know, have them work on me. And, and then it basically convince the whole mind-body unit that this is a physical problem. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I've learned over the years from, you know, watching the Dr. Sarno movie and reading some of his books and is that every bit as important as um, doing the mental-emotional work is taking an action which demonstrates to the fearful parts of my mind that I understand this is a mental-emotional issue. Making mm-hmm. sure that I don't start doing all of that mm-hmm. physical work. I like the way you said that. Demonstrate to my mind. To the fearful I'm... part of my mind. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good. Good. Thank you. Very important. Um, because as long as I keep trying different salves and creams and soaps and medications, I'm demonstrating the opposite, that I believe this is a physical situation. Yes. Um, yeah. And like last night, for at least an hour, I was chasing down information on, on the um, WebMD. <laughs> it's like, oh, my goodness, it, this goes on forever. It could be this, it could be that, and it might, it might harm this part of your body and all kinds of stuff. Good, demonstrate. Because I believe that everything comes from my mind anyway, so why not utilize the mind to take care of the issue that I'm experiencing? from that viewpoint. Okay. Well, you know, and, and as long as my body is functioning well enough to get me to move around and get stuff done, I don't yeah. I don't run over to the chiropractor or the massage therapist or the physical therapist when that kind of thing happens. Mhm. Now, yeah. if I was unable to move, I I'd, I'd reach out to the medical profession and I'd see what they have to offer to get me moving again. Yeah. It's not like I have, you know, this complete phobia and I never go to doctors. And <laughs> It's just that there are certain things I've learned over the years, and I've gone for years, many years, doing the standard medical practice, the allopathic medical routine, mm-hmm. to very little, if any, good effect other than they keep me coming back as a good patient and they want to keep throwing, you know, meds at me and they want to keep throwing surgeries at me, et cetera. Right, right. Yeah, good point. But after Um, years of that, after years of that, I finally realized in reading the Dr. Sarno work that what I was doing 
with my actions was telling my mind and my body, I think this is all physical and my mental emotional has nothing to do with it. At the same time, I was giving lip service to how, yeah, you know, it might be a mental emotional issue. Mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. I take an action, like I do the worksheets or I do the EFT tapping or I get somebody to do the uh, neuroemotional technique with me, then my my actions are lining up with my words. Mm-hmm. That, that's such a good point. Holy cow. That is really, really important. Okay. Well, I'm writing notes here. Um, very, very good. And I agree with you. I mean, I, I believe that there are times and places for medical intervention and um, it's just a matter of knowing within ourselves with our own guidance if that's necessary or if uh, in fact we can go uh, we can do the work with our mind and um, demonstrate to our mind that we are an understanding of how that all works yeah, and as Dr. Michael Rice likes to say, um, working at the cause level yeah, rather yeah. than chasing around after all of these effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. Here's, here's, the, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I went to bed on uh, Sunday night. I went to bed. I have a nice bed. I've slept in it many, many nights and not awakened with a a bum hip. Um, And I wake up Monday morning and my hip won't straighten out. Okay. So so what happens in in my energy system if I start searching around for what is wrong physically? What's wrong with this bed? I need a new mattress? (laughs) <laughs> That's right. What did I do? Did I sleep the wrong way? Was the pillow in the wrong position? Did I, you know, I'm, it's like the old yeah. joke about how when I was younger, <clears throat> I took a tumble off a mountain on my mountain bike and, you know, and I just walked it off, right? And and now um, I'm I'm like one big sneeze away from total paralysis, right? If if mm. I think that my body is that decrepit and and that any little thing like the pillow being in the wrong position is possibly going to cause me to not be able to turn my head or function or walk straight what mm. am i doing with my mind energy right i'm voting mm. for i'm voting completely in the, in the uh, message of this is a physical problem how many times have you and I know I have many, many times heard people say, oh, I must have slept wrong last night because my something-something hurts. You know, I've never thought about how powerful it is that we're giving that message to ourselves about what this could have come from. Wow. Yeah, and it's, it's one of the core pieces in, in the Dr. John Sarno work that, you know, he was a, a medical doctor, so he would absolutely when people came to him he would run the scans he would he would make sure they had x-rays and mri's mm-hmm. and cat scans and things to make sure people didn't have 
you know, a bone spur that was separating a nerve or severing a nerve or they didn't have bone cancer or something like that. But as soon as he ruled out the usual dramatically mm-hmm. trauma-based physical problems, then he would encourage his patients to refuse to take these actions of you know all of the treatments of deep tissue massage and alternating hot and cold and electrical stim and all that stuff that has become standard allopathic practice right. for pain relief or muscle and tension easing and just do the mental emotional work and of course his results skyrocketed the percentage of people that had complete Elimination of pain and complete restoration of motion went from somewhere in the 30% range when he was doing therapy and the standard surgeries and allopathic approaches up into the 80s and 90s. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Okay. I am just ready to go. I'm ready All right. To go well, to I, I, I hope that it yields good results for you, and that if you uh, do some worksheets and feel a, a change, that you are willing to share with us. I will. I will do that. Thank you. I, I'm um, very excited about moving forward. Um, and and here's another little piece to mention: skin um, demonstrations like this have been with me ever since I was born. I I guess that my parents had to deal with this when I was a baby and it was like all over my body. I don't know if it was itchy. I don't remember any of it, of course, because I was an infant. Um, and they found that goat's milk was the thing that took care of it at that time. But all through my, um, my grades, a lot of stuff flooding back now. All through my grade school experience and high school experience, um, I had uh, um, what was called eczema or topical dermatitis, whatever, on my hands. So in between my fingers, the bottom of my hands, um, itchy, itchy, itchy. And um, it wasn't until I met a dermatologist who gave me a prescription for um um, the stuff that suppresses everything. <laughs> uh, I can't think of it right now. And, and then it, no, but like that. Um, and cortisone? Magi- cortisone, cortisone, yes. And it magically disappeared. I had no idea what cortisone was doing to the rest of my body, which I found out later was not the best thing to be applying several times a day. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, it's been off and on, a lot of off time, but then a little bit of, a little bit of this would appear around my, around my mouth, uh, and then it would go away. I guess I'd go back to using the cortisone for a little while, and it would go away. I've never had it like this on my face. It's like um, really demanding some attention. Um, well, I knew, so, I knew you know when, when, when you say that that it used to be there even when you were an infant. Yes. And this is a, a lifelong pattern. 
one of the things that comes to me is to to you know the um, the way the book the book is titled it didn't begin with you and it's a book by Mark Wolin about W O L Y N maybe N N it's a book about how we carry these cross-generational family patterns without realizing it. Mm-hmm. And in that book, he says, if you start to pay attention to the words you use to describe different things, it might help you get an insight into where this um, stuck set of thoughts or trauma or belief about you know, what it would take you to heal might be you know originating in you and then you said mm-hmm. well when i was an infant um they they found that the 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 fix was goat's milk instead of cow's milk mm-hmm. and i have no idea if this is of any value to you whatsoever but when you said that i thought well you know mm-hmm. most people can tolerate cow's milk but a very special person has to have goat's milk. <laughs> so I wonder if there's a thing about needing to be special or feel special and if there's a way in which there's some mm. part of you that's crying out for attention that was doing that even as an infant. That is a possibility to look at. I'm going to write down attention question mark. And then I want to share some other stuff that came up while while you were sharing. Oh, let me go back. Is it Mark Woolen? Yes. Exactly. Okay. Um, so, um, okay, one of them, one of them just slipped. You know how it goes. Um, okay, one thought that oh that I had was somewhere in my later teens, I guess, I I noticed that there seemed to be a correlation between the my skin having eruptions wherever they happened to be happening at that time in my life, which was generally my hands. And the correlation was between um, stressful events coming up and the coming up of the stuff on my my skin, so that was one one thing that I noticed, and I and I determined that my skin was actually like my barometer for my emotions, and how conveniently I have forgotten that <laughs> because I think yes. that's really true, and then yeah. as my yeah. As I was remembering the goat's milk and the being born with this jazz, um, I also clicked on my the awareness that I, as an infant in in utero, I was hearing all of the fighting and screaming and yelling and and all of that that was going on between my parents all that time, all that nine months. I and and I had a um, kind of a spontaneous um, when I was getting massage, have kind of a spontaneous uh, memory of not wanting to be born, not wanting to come out into the world. 
And so, wow. Um, so that's all I have right now is just the memories. Does that, does that say anything to you that, I, that you'd like to share? Well, just the idea that, you know, if you've forgotten that your skin issues are have always been a lifelong barometer, mm. mm-hmm. then, you know, EFT tapping, journaling, worksheets about what might I be stressing over in my life today other than the skin issue and or mm-hmm. what might I be blocking from my awareness Mm-hmm. that at a mm-hmm. subconscious level I'm stressing over oh. or worrying about. Okay. Great. I needed you to put that and, together. And then the, the other thing is that when you just said, you know, here you have this memory of being in utero and thinking, I don't want to be born. I don't want to go out into that mess. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, you know, um, present-day worksheets or mind shifter journaling on it's safe for me to be here, right here today wow. where I am and whatever's going on. Wow. How simple that was, and I couldn't, I couldn't get that. I didn't figure it out. Dr. Tim, you figured it out. Thank you. <laughs> that was a joke, figuring it out. I get it. I get it. It's <laughs> it's the genius that's afforded us when we're not that close to the issue. It's the distance yeah. equals genius factor, right? There's yeah, no I know. brilliance <laughs> in me. It's just that it looks different from here because I'm not sitting there in your energy system. Yeah. I have what the 30,000-foot perspective or the bird's-eye view, et cetera. I love that. That's a great, that's a great one to quote, the genius of distance perspective. Right. That's, that's, it's super true, absolutely. Okay. Wow. My page is full, and I feel full right up to my, the tip-top of my, my mind and my head right now. Ah, oh, thank you. Well, you're very welcome and deserving. We appreciate the call as always. I'll mute you so you can listen to whatever's left of our show, and uh, I look forward to hearing how that all works out for you. Okay. I'll get back with you. All right. Thank you. Blessings. Blessings to you. So we've got about seven or eight minutes left. If that doesn't spark comments or questions from anybody on the call, I think... Maybe we aren't even going out over the airwaves, but that's that's the kind of thing that we can start tapping into when we refuse to buy into the culture's training that we are just physical and that we are you know, victims of our physical being. So the call-in number is 563-999-3581. How did it land with you to hear that processing from Magda? Again, it's all about 
today's show so far has panned out to be how my mental emotional stresses are manifesting in what I call physical symptoms. I know it's not a new topic for this uh, show, but it is a new uh, set of concepts for a lot of people. I I have all kinds of people who push back against this if I bring it up in a therapy session. I have people in my own family who over the years have um, pushed back very strongly against the idea that the mental emotional is every bit as important to address as the physical and that most of the solutions I find to the physical and I put that in quotes quote physical close quotes symptoms that I have most of the solutions I find to them at a cause level have far better outcome and far fewer side effects right physical effects that that our culture has taught us to label as side effects when really they're not side effects at all they're just effects that we don't want if I take a pill if I have a surgery if I you know slather on the cortisone salve it has effects period and some of those my doctors want me to to have and they say oh those are the main effects and then all this other stuff that happens those are just side effects and that's just a semantics game it's basically saying whenever they say side effects what they mean are the negative effects of this pill or this treatment it's not about just some random willy-nilly you know uh, coincidence if I take a pill it has effects the ones my physician wants me to have we call main effects everything my physician doesn't want me to have they call side effects and so I play this word game that allows me to basically ingest or slather on poisons and and energy system disruptors in the name of healing and it's not really a healing system area code 541 you're in the air is this Celinda area code 541 yes it is welcome welcome I just want to affirm everything that you and Magda have said today because that's been part of my journey is the realization that cause um, is within myself. And realizing it uh, first in my head, um, becoming emotionally um, aware in my heart, and then uh, shifting it down to my actions. And I am just so grateful for what you said today and what Magda shared with uh, because the mind shifter you gave me, I can use for a situation 
that for many, many years I've not, I've grappled with and haven't been able to resolve for myself of feeling safe in this world and especially feeling safe with change. Um, it's like I have my little toes ground into the place where I am and I don't want to shift. I'm scared to shift, but I'm at the same time also scared to be here. So that is very helpful. Thank you. I uh, feel like after listening, I'll say this really quickly, to Lundquist, um, Sunquist, Sunberg, Christian Sunberg's uh, two-hour-plus dialogue with the gentleman <clears throat> at the site, uh, Buddha at the Gas Pump. I... Um, I'm, I can release this other mind shifter you gave me. I feel much, much uh, in a better place with it since then. And I am also reading the online version of the gentleman's book. Um, and I just thank you for everything. And Magda and Susan and everybody, because I couldn't, I so value your support. And I'm glad that you are helping me direct me towards home. <laughs> Thank you. You're entirely welcome and deserving. I'm glad that you're finding it useful. I will mute you so you can listen into the second hour. And um, I will remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love, the energy of creation, expressing in form. And everything else is false. And I will welcome Jeannie Wright. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Well, I don't Thank know you. if it's how my phone you? or yours. Um, well, you're... Oh, so let me reset. Can you hear me? Uh, you're hmm. cutting out. Okay, yeah. it's my, my phone is acting really weird here. Okay, I will get Michael on and then just dial back in because it, it must be my right. phone. So, All right. Thank Bless you. Us. So welcome, everybody. I hope you can hear me <laughs> to the second hour of MindShifters Radio. And today is Tuesday, February the 14th, 2023, and it's Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Hope that you are staying connected to love, staying in your being. And... Uh, while we're waiting on Michael to dial in, I'll invite you to go to our website, whyagain.org, and um, stay uh, up to date with what's going on at Heartland. It looks like all of that's coming together really nicely, and uh, we'll let you know uh, as things get scheduled. I hope that you're hearing me okay, and as soon as Michael gets on, I'm going to hang up and dial back in. They said my phone's cutting out, so as soon as you get on, I need to hang up and dial in. So we welcome you to the show. And press 1, and that puts you into queue. And we'd love to hear from you. And what else is new? Let's see. We've done several things on the website. If you haven't seen the pictures of Heartland, the people that are wanting to use it in August wanted to see some photos of the buildings and property and and uh, okay somebody just texted me and said my phone seemed fine so thank you very much <laughs> okay i won't call in then i'll just wait 
So, but I added a whole page out on the website. Uh, it's under, let me go out while I'm talking, multitask here. And so you can go out and you can look. If you've never been to Heartland, then uh, it'll give you an idea of what things look like. Uh, it's under Heartland, and it actually, there's two things. One says Heartland Bell Tower. That was a project that uh, Patrick Quinn actually got us started on a, a few years back. And so it's got pictures of from the beginning to the end. And then there's one that says Heartland Photos. And if you click on that, you'll see pictures of the Heart Center, pictures of each of the buildings, of the bell tower. And then there's pictures of different people working in the kitchen, lots of pictures of Ari, of course, because he was always part of the kitchen. And uh, his presence or the absence of his presence will be felt this year when we start back up. Bless his he heart. Was there in, yeah, he was there in 2019, which was the last time that Heartland was open. Also, there's pictures of Julie and Patrick out there, and Patrick's moved on as well. But you can go out there and look at some of the different groups and the Heart Center and the tiles were absolutely beautiful. There was a group, there's actually a picture of the group that participated in creating those tiles that year. And uh, anyway, and a couple pictures of the property. So go out there and look at that. If you've never been to Heartland or even if you have, you might see yourself in some of those pictures. And Susan texted me and said my phone sounded fine. So I'm going to stay with it. But welcome, Michael. And happy Valentine's Day, yeah. sweetie. Yeah, you too, sweetie. And to everybody else. Uh, Holding a space for love to be present in every life on the planet. And yeah, your phone sounds just fine. So welcome, everybody. Honored and delighted that you're here. And we have the opportunity once again to expand this conversation about how to recover the truth of who we are as human beings. And a lot of times people talk about recovery, but they talk about recovery as though it's recovery from a disease. No, it's recovering the truth of who we are. That state of being, active, present love that we're each designed to function out of. That's the the bottom line of all that we do, although we say it a thousand different ways because there are a thousand different uh, blocks in the mind to experiencing ourselves as the truth of who we are. But that's where we want to go. And Ms. Jean, do we have anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room? Um, no, on both of those counts. Uh, however, I did get an email from someone, and it was... Um, a young lady who is going through a little bit of trauma, and um, I sent her the the uh, links for her to do a. I'm I'm trying to multitask and get the email open as I'm talking. <laughs> anyway, um, I sent her the links to take a personal code evaluation, and um, several of the areas that uh, were her top challenges, she was in crisis in. And I sent her information, and, and um, she said, well, maybe I just need to wait and take it when I'm feeling better. And I said, no, I said, probably absolutely perfect. And I gave her the example of when we were in uh, the midst of the COVID episode and that it gave me the opportunity to look at fear 
that normally I would have pushed down and and not paid attention to and and said oh it's you know I'm too too ill to to do this right now. Anyway, she wrote me back and she said I disagree with you and I think I need to retake it. So what would you say to a person like that? I have not responded back to her. There's work to be done, and I would uh, suggest that uh, that she take the uh, the results that she got. I mean, literally, you could take it every day. You could say, well, I, I had this going on yesterday, so let me take it tomorrow, and then tomorrow I've got this going on. Well, let me take it until I get a, what looks like a great set of scores. I would suggest being settled with what's there and and going for it. Yeah start to work with the assignments. Uh, otherwise, the mind's going to try and figure it out. And, you know, the result of trying to figure it out <laughs> it just doesn't happen. So that would be that would be my offering. So if you're out there in listener land, do you have a thought for us? And then I'll, and then I'll duck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, today being Valentine's Day, let's talk about functioning as love. We had a hand. Well, then let's put that on hold and let's go for the talk and the conversation. All right. I think it's Miss Susan. Welcome, 610. Hi. 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 I, Michael, I sent you a video, and I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, a very short video. This is a Valentine's Day story. <clears throat> Our own Michael here. Um, in his little walks in the park has run into a group of women that I'm sometimes part of, but they usually walk later than I do. Group of about six women who have kind of taken him under their wing, uh, looking out for him. And one of them knows a woman who runs a little, uh, a small facility for old people old people in various states of, uh, you know, aging, some with dementia, some with physical problems and so forth. And today being Valentine's Day, they organized, these women organized a lunch over there, made Valentine's for all the people who live there, which is 24 people, and asked Michael for for a fee if he would come and sing and play his guitar. And he was a little bit grumpy about it because that's kind of a, it's a, not a, a very flashy gig. But I said, Michael, they're paying you. You get yourself over there and you do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so he said, okay. He goes over there and I, you know, follow. And there he is all set up with his little blind dog in a carriage with him. And he's, bringing out all these oldies over the rainbow and all kinds of oldies. And the people are sitting there swinging their heads around and sometimes singing and clapping a little bit with him. And they're talking to each other and it's kind of a happy mess, but I hear him and it was just gorgeous. Absolutely. The most sweet thing. And the woman who was waiting, waiting on tables is the owner of the place and she's like an angel she's probably of of india indian descent and she comes to everybody and she 
pats him on the back and she says, what would you like? Would you like this or would you like that? And she had made them these little bags of M&Ms and cookies, all the bad stuff that we love so much. And it was just such a sweet thing. And so I wanted to tell you that our Michael got out there today and did a gig. And the woman said to me, you know, he's he would be perfect for happy hours here. Maybe we could have him come in in the yeah. late afternoon before supper and play for a while for us on a regular you know, gig. That would be awesome. A regular gig. So I'm hoping that he'll just start getting a little confidence and initiative and in getting out. But I thought I'd give a report today about That's that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, congratulations to Michael. I'm going to send him a text and just say, I heard about your gig and how successful it was, and congratulations. Oh, good idea. A little reinforcement yeah. never heard. And they're, they're paying him, you know, a reasonable amount. And, uh, and he helped me with the refugees right before that for a couple of hours, and he's very good at that. Runs around, washes all the cups, and uh, he doesn't talk to anybody. And if it gets too hectic, he'll pick up his dog and run out <laughs> and take right. his dog to the lawn for a little walk. But basically, it's been it's been good. So anyway, that's a report. Happy that's Valentine's awesome. Day. Yeah. Well, glad for Michael. Hope that uh, opens things up for him. I hope so, too. Yeah. So you, I'm not clear, did you attend the event? Yes, yeah. I left a little early because I wanted to hear the radio show. But he's he's probably just finishing up now. Well, that's a nice compliment for him that you went, that you went out of your way to go and be there for him and will hold the space that he allows some of the barriers to break down and stands in receptivity and ready for some abundance. I Valentine's so. Day, yeah. opening hearts. All right. Sweet. Sweet. Thank you for letting us know that. You're welcome. I thought you'd like to see him in action, too. The video clip is very short. I sent it as a message, message to you. I hope it came through. Maybe it didn't. Cool. Anyway, uh, I just look. It is there. Yes, I haven't looked at it yet. I was out working in the garden doing compost uh, just before the show. So, oh, that's. But good. as soon as the show is over, we'll get to look at it. Okay. Cool. Well, anything else exciting in your world on your mind? Last night it well, ended up been... getting late. We were going to watch your uh, your um, performance and uh, had the words. Mm-hmm. But uh, we didn't get to doing that last night, so we'll probably do that tonight, too. Oh, that's very Or your woman caught. Yeah. I've been feeling a little badly about the piece. It's not really suitable for a one-time shot as a, as a sermon in the church. It's, it takes some getting used to. Uh, it, it's not readily accessible on first hearing. You know, it took a long time for me to realize that, but... So I've been feeling kind of a little down about it because I put in a lot of work to it, but it just isn't didn't hit the mark. It's performed and it's perfectly acceptable, but it it's not it doesn't really work. So well, probably it, it's something that people have, have to have brain cells for. 
Well, and that may be just like even Tim Bingham, who has heard me practicing the the piano part for a long time. He said, you know, I liked it, but I would really have to hear it several times before I could feel it the way it should be felt. And I thought, well, gee, he's married to me. He's in my house. And that's that's how he feels. That's probably right. Probably right. So I've been dragging myself around with my chin on the floor. <laughs> feeling a little well, I've been, about that. You know, I have read through the um, the words that you wrote to it, and I think it's just right on track. But again, somebody who's used to the traditional interpretation, it would take, yeah, I can understand how it would take time for them to get it. But I think it, I mean, I got chills reading it. Oh, thanks. Well, I think oh. the main objection is it's a recounting. And it's a lot of it is quoted from scripture, a recounting of the story of how the woman was brought before the Pharisees and threatened with being stoned to death. And it's a lot of text. And it's done as an oratorio, which means there's no real acting, minimal acting, no costumes, no fancy lights or anything. It's to be a kind of a meditation, and I don't even call it a chancel opera on there. I call it, I think, a, a musical homily or something. But it's very text-heavy, and I spent a lot of time trying to set the words so that the words would be brought. You know the way you put jewels in a crown. You want them visible right. and they're surrounded with a little... Yeah, I tried to do that. And I do like the piece, but I, you know, I know it really well, and I chose everything that was in it, and... So if I didn't like I it, enjoyed, I wouldn't have put it on. Yeah, I enjoyed the twist of, you know, he he became my protector. He didn't judge me. He didn't, I forget what, he, he took two flip sides. He didn't condemn me, but he yeah, was my he protector and, and put himself yeah. in the place to be attacked. I thought that was a, a very powerful way to, to say it. Well, it's true, and that was just think of it. I mean, they hated him anyway, and they were wanting to get a reason to to get rid of him, and then he does this. He knows he's putting himself right on the chopping block. What a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But he's certainly intellectually uh, a thousand steps ahead of them. <laughs> yeah, totally. So anyway, I've been feeling kind of low and I know depression is part part of the work we've been doing. I mean you suggested some work and I've been doing my wake up sheets on itching and sore shoulders and things like that. And I'm in the healing crisis at the moment. It, well it sounds like this one is more about rejection. The old message of not being good enough or mm-hmm. capable enough. Yeah. So that would probably be the worksheet to do. Okay. Mm, all right. Well, we'll be holding the space. Thanks, Michael. How was the rest right, of your birthday? It was good. We went out for dinner and uh, just had a quiet evening. It was just a, a sweet day. And I think... Good. Today, we're, after we're finished the show, we're going to go out and rent a trailer. We've been waiting for Jeannie's uh, stepson's truck, and that hasn't been working. So we're going to get a trailer and get the rest of our compost for the uh, the new garden today. Wow. 
That's Got great. a gorgeous day. It's up to 67 and sunny. It's just beautiful. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Really awesome day. So that's our plan. Good. Any other thoughts for you? No, I'm going to listen. Thanks. All right. We appreciate you. Thanks. Appreciate you, too. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, Miss Jeannie, I know yesterday we had four or five hands up toward the end, and we didn't get to everybody. So is there anybody else out there with a hand up for us? No, it is all quiet. So go for your love. Okay. Let's go for it. So... And with it being Valentine's Day, of course, Valentine's being about experiencing ourselves as love. There's a quote from A Course in Miracles. You know, there's there's a lot of confusion around love. And even in the Course, you can see where the word love is being used to describe a state of being, what we are. Of course, I seek only love for that is what you are. Pretty clear. But then in other places, the word love is used more like a verb. You know, like it's something we're going to get, something we're going to give, something we're going to do. And to me, that seek only love for that is what you are is probably the most important clarification of terms and a set of instructions. And we've talked about the power of words and that we often try to use words to understand something, to to grasp an experience. But we can only have the experience when we're alive in the moment and having the experience. You can't grasp it from someone else's description. And in a lot of cases, the the words have been used as a replacement for an experience, especially when it comes to the experience of what's pointed out in texts like A Course in Miracles or in the ancient scriptures. And so words if they're used to try to make something understandable as an experience, are going to fail every time. However, they can be used to give a set of instructions for how to have the experience. And, you know, oftentimes people try to to make words do something that words just can't possibly do. Like we can hear that, seek only love, for that is what you are. Well, there's instructions that. It's not going to make you experience yourself as love, but it gives you an instruction to move in the direction of. So so love, you know, it's not a behavior trait. It's not a thing we can do. It's not something we can get. It's not something we can give to somebody else. It's our created essence. It's a state of being. So we have people running around the world, therefore, you know, you know I love you, or I want you to love me. And if you get the the real meaning of that word, or at least what it's pointing toward, it's pointing not toward something we're going to do or get or give, but it's pointing toward something that we are. So it's a noun, not a verb. Tell my mind to be loving. My mind tries with the experiences and beliefs that it's acquired through a thousand generations to guide me to be loving. You know, it's going to, it's going to follow that goal. And the many bizarre behaviors of non-humans that have been done in the name of love are, they're legion. You know, the parent who says to the child, I'm only beating you because I love you. It's not functioning as a human being. It's not functioning as love, but repeating a general generational belief. Oh, this hurts me more than it hurts you. 
and is functioning out of a lie, out of an instruction in the mind that's based in a lie. So repeating the generational belief for something somebody's read in a book, and of course that particular non-being mind's definition of love is, well, the best way to love this child is beat them into submission. And you look at historically what's been done to children and young people. You know, we've watched a few movies in the not-too-distant past where different religious organizations with the most wonderful of intentions express love toward a child and the abuse and the beatings and the viciousness is just unbelievable. And and it's all done, quote-unquote, in the name of love. So when one shifts out of that false definition of it being something we'll do, then one's goal becomes to realize themselves as love and there to func- for to function out of love, to, literally to be love. A person who's, who's got that as a goal could never get lost in the air of, I'm only beating you because I love you. People who literally experience, because of the false definitions in the mind, experience love as, oh, I have to be hurt in order to experience that. Becoming aware that when one achieves a goal, they they receive an internal reward. They get a hit of dopamine. It's been called happy powder. The abusive parent gets their dopamine fix, a chemically induced internal dose of pleasure, from achieving this insane goal of hitting the child. When I tell my mind that I am love and ask it to support me functioning as love, My focus is now on the place where I can experience love, my internal condition, rather than some definition from a book or from the past. So to recognize who we are as a human being, and then if if I make that what I'm heading toward, then if correction's needed, I've got the tools and the understanding for achieving that goal that can be accomplished. The mind, once it's given an accurate goal, or we might even go further because goals are done with words and words really don't capture it, but a vision And you remember in the ancient teachings, they said, without vision, my people perish. When my mind is handed that vision, when I'm open to that higher mind of love, bringing in an experience that doesn't filter through my past, then my mind will tend to produce behavior prompts that support me experiencing the truth of who I am. And when I experience the truth of who I am, I get to understand what love actually means. Now, I've had people who who don't get the distinction of those two refinements, and then, you know, it's just like, well, what does it matter? 
So let's imagine, you know, let's, let's use an example. Someone has a severe circulatory disorder, and they go to the doctor, and the talk, doctor tells them they need a specific treatment to fix the problem with their cells. And you ask them which they're going to treat. You know, they're told there's the epidermis and then there are epithelial cells. Well, you know, they sound pretty much the same, so what does it really matter? Epidermis, epithelial, well, it's just a few letters. If you work on the incorrect aspect of the body, then, you know, if you don't make the distinction as to which one is accurate, you know, the epithelial cells have to do with conducting blood, moving blood through the system. The epidermis is just the skin. So if you ask the doctor which one they're going to treat, and the doctor says, well, what does it matter? Not a big deal, just a few letters different. You know, how long are you going to hang out with that doctor? So to get back to the truth of who we are as human beings and to make this particular day a celebration where I'm willing to bring the truth of who I am to my relationship with you. We get clear that, you know, no, I don't love you. No, you don't love me. And if utilize that word incorrectly, then we're going to tend to move into an experience. Our minds are going to be confused and move us into an experience that's different than what we really want. And, of course, you listen to Yeshua 2,000 years ago, and he says, power of life and death is in our words. Words must be, you know, relatively important. Vladimir Lenin, the man who's probably responsible for more deaths on planet Earth than any human being in history, said the way to destroy a culture is to change the meaning of its words. It becomes an extremely important distinction in refining our understanding of who we are as human beings. And, of course... How many words is it going to take to describe what that presence of love is, what that human being is? Uh, I don't care how many you stack up in a book. It's never going to equal the experience of being who we are. Or it's never going to give us an accurate definition. It can kind of speak around the edges of it. But, you know, the experiential definition we've come up with in this work is hold a newborn child. And when you hold a newborn, you realize the child's not loving you. The child is love. It's a state of being. And I'd offer that we set ourselves up for failure when we attempt to, quote, unquote, love ourselves instead of saying the goal to experience ourselves as love in every circumstance. And then when we can't do that, to forgive or remove anything unlike love that surfaces. And when we do that, the only thing left is this state of being, this state of love. You know, if we go back to the Greek translation of Yeshua's words, love one another, that 
Greek degradation never came out of his mouth. If Yeshua sat and listened to somebody saying that, they'd say, you know, that's all Greek to me. And forcing this Greek-imposed meaning into Yeshua's mouth leaves us stuck in an error upon which most of our others rest because we've lost awareness and the ability to function out of who we are because we've been misled by words. You can't do love. The command in Aramaic was be the presence of active love, and there's a world of difference between those two. One command leaves us striving to do, that is, to do the impossible, and the other, the Aramaics, explains something achievable. So, I just hold the space for each of us to really, truly define and experience who we are as human beings and recognizing that that word human being is a descriptor for this state of conscious, active, present love. And one of the, uh, the other thoughts in A Course in Miracles that I enjoy is one that says, you need to hear the truth about yourself as frequently as possible because your mind is so preoccupied with false self-images. So the truth about you is that you were conceived as love. As Dr. Tim says, it's the stuff we're made of. And it's the only thing that's true about us. And one of the reasons for the, the opening um, blank in the worksheet is to reinforce to yourself every time you engage in the forgiveness process and to support living in that space of active present love. Each worksheet starts with, I, Michael, who am love. And here's some stuff I'm doing. But when I get down to the direct experience of who I am, my doing isn't what it's about. It's my being that's important. So that's my offering for Valentine's Day holding the space for each and every one of us to experience ourselves as who we are and to truly function out of that state of being. Appreciation for the opportunity to interact with each and every one of you as the presence of love and to create support for each of us recognizing ourselves. So breathing with you, realizing who you are, realizing, making real who you are, bringing into expression this presence of love. And I wonder if that arouses any thoughts for anyone. 
if you're listening to the show on one of our syndicated stations, then we can't see you on our control panel and you can't talk directly to us. However, if you call the call-in number for the show, which is 563-999-3581, if you call that number, you'll be listening to the show directly. And then if you push one, we'll be having a conversation. So what's on your mind? How can we support you? 563-999-3581. Push one, let's talk about it. Ms. Jeannie, do we have everybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room? No, it is all quiet. Where did all those callers go from yesterday? You had a whole lineup when we finished the show. Put your hand up now. Don't wait till the show's almost over. We're here for one reason, one reason only, and that's to support you. So push one. Let's talk about it. What's on your mind? I'll just uh, that con- it just being Go ahead, sweetie. being the day of love. It just made me think. Um, the other day, I was getting ready to take Aria home, and uh, Michael was on the phone with Patrick, and so she went in to hug Michael by, and she heard him talking to Patrick, and she's like, "Are you Mount Pepal's friend?" And <laughs> so they talked. Patrick talked to her for just a minute, and uh, I said, "Ask him." You know, tell him why we're here. And instead of telling him why we were here, she said, why are we here? And, of course, Patrick has heard us enough and knows enough and been in the work enough. He says, we're here to be love. And and she goes, yeah, you got it. Like, she was so excited that someone else knew it. And uh, so I thought that was really cute. (laughs) And we have her again tomorrow. And we had a hand just now go up. Yeah. She had... um... Actually, it's been a couple of years ago. Jeannie bought me a tie for the, the the last years that I wore a suit and tie when we were on the road. And actually, we were in Hawaii several years ago. And the um, chairman of the board of the, the Unity Center we were speaking in the second day of the workshop came in with the Hawaiian shirt in front of the whole group and said, take off your shirt, take off your jacket, take off your tie. Here, you're putting this on, and that's what you're going to wear for the rest of the week. Prior to that, literally for decades, if I got up in front of an audience, I always had a jacket and tie on. And that kind of shifted something for me. So since then, I've rarely worn a jacket and tie. However, Jeannie, you know, I used to wear only ties with hearts on them. And Jeannie had bought me one that says, Be Love. And so uh, I had found that tie and Ari was going to come work in the garden with me. So I, I wore the Be Love tie out into the garden. It was interesting. She looked at it at four and was able to read it. And so it was be love. So we're out in the garden and I said, yeah, this is my be love tie. And I ended up tying it. We've got a little railing at the top of the steps when you come in the house. So so now the be love tie hangs there. So when Arya comes over, it's just right there. She knows exactly what it is. So it's different and ways of reinforcing she, it. And she said, and it's cursive. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, she read it and said it was cursive. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna awesome. turn the other caller on and I'm actually trying Let's to upload hello. a video to YouTube at the same time. So if you will give an okay on your phone and I'm gonna turn our oh, caller okay. on. Cool. Thank you. So it's five four one, I believe it's Miss Salida. Welcome. Hello, hello. Welcome, young lady. 
So how many times have you been cycling around the uh, sun this now? You know something? I don't know. I never let my mind go there. I think that's a very destructive thing to do. So <laughs> eternal is the only answer that I know to that question. Oh, and I just don't let my mind go there. I'll put that right next to your birth date. Eternal. Eternal. You know, there are certain certain words that trigger energy patterns. And, you know, oftentimes people say, well, how old is Aria? And they'll do a double take when I say she isn't. And they're like, oh, what, what do you mean? She isn't old. Oh, oh, okay. I see what you mean. So whenever my brain wants to go and figure out years, I just block it. I just don't go there because it's a it's a, a very deeply patterned mind energy that a lot of people have had, and it's been brainwashed in. I mean, they ask a child of two, "How old are you?" It's like, what? What are you? What are you calling a child of two old for? What's that's implanting energy? So that's kind of where I stand with it. Yeah. So eternal's a good yeah, good, um, good way how, to go. How I've said it. How I said it is, how young are you? So I go around go. and say, how, how young are you? <laughs> so either one works for me. Um, Sweet. And I get it, totally. I just want to thank you and Jeannie for this show uh, that you are offering, and also Dr. Tim's. I just uh, I thanked him and Magda for their uh, sharing on his show. Um, and... I'm going to send it off to my friends and siblings as a happy Valentine's Day love gift <laughs> from this oh, heart cool. of love. Yeah, so I thought that was sweet. So I thought I'd let you all know. And that's pretty much all I have today other than um, uh, just added a new little jewel about eternity there. So we'll work with that. Awesome. Very Sounds sweet. We appreciate good. you. All right. I especially I especially appreciate the little gifts that you send to Aria. She gets so excited when she gets a piece of mail. <laughs> and also, maybe you can text me, um, message me about uh, Jeannie's birthday and Aria's birthday so I can remember them on those ah. days. That would be wonderful. Do you happen to know okay. Tim Hayes' birthday? Text me that one, too. Otherwise, I'll ask him, too. (laughs) I don't know Tim's eternal day. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll find out. But Ari is what? August 21st, Jeannie? Oh. Can you text it to me after the show? Because I won't remember it long enough. (laughs) All right. Um, We'll do it. Also, and and, um, I'm going to send you a two-hour, that two-hour-plus video of um, Christian Sundberg that Dr. Tim's been talking about. Uh, I think you would like it. I'll do that. Okay, that's it. Awesome. Thank you. All right, bless you. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Happy Valentine's Day. So once again, if you're out there in listener land, 563-999-3581. We couldn't catch up with all the callers yesterday, so if you're back on the line today, what was on your mind yesterday? Let's hear from you. Push one. Let's have a conversation. We've got 20 minutes or so left, so we've got lots of time for conversation. 
while we're waiting for everybody to think about what they might have to say or share or ask questions about, we are looking at a uh, Food and Forgiveness and Work program at Heartland, probably starting around the 8th or so of July for 16 days. And uh, and then looking at perhaps a nine-day why is this happening to me again, residential intensive. If somebody's ready to join us for that, let us know. And then a PhD who uh, who teaches the Waldorf teaching method, the work of uh, Rudolf Steiner. He's got a group that are going to be coming and using the center for 10 days to do a teacher-type training in Waldorf education. So lots of different things happening at Heartland. And that is a private group just for his group, correct? Oh, yeah. That's not open yes. to listeners. No. No. I, I think there might be a, if there's someone who's been engaged in uh, the Waldorf education, I think there might be an opening for someone if they'd like to join. Although Danny, is, he's, he's taken... And I, I don't have all the brain cells to explain it, but he's taken some of the original work and the original thinking of Steiner, which doesn't necessarily go into most Steiner education, as I understand it. And I'm certainly, uh, you know, if I'm in error, I'm certainly willing to be supported in, in correction. But um, it's it's quite a different approach from what I understand to what most people do with Steiner education. So I don't, I don't really even have, I've been reading some of his book, uh, but I really don't have the brain cells to adequately explain or define what the difference is. So 563-999-3581. If you're in the phone queue, put your hand up, say hello, especially if you were there yesterday and we missed you. And if, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of complete with the dialogue I had planned today. I thought we'd have more conversation in regard to experiencing ourselves and each other as the president. Oh, good. Great. I'd rather do that than say, let's go shovel the uh, compost. <laughs> so, <laughs> Area code 760, I believe. It's Miss Ann. Yes, it is. Thank you. Um, Welcome, young lady. We haven't okay. heard your voice in a while. Uh, Thank you. Um, yeah, I usually just get Dr. Kim's, and then you know I was preparing something to eat and was ready to get going on something to eat, but then you started your um, talk on love, and it triggered something, and I go, okay, I'll just put it off like I usually do, and then because I really need to eat, and so I started to take a couple bites, and then I go, all right, just go get your wake up sheet and sit down and call. So when you were talking about, there was a sentence in there. Um, I know. Hey, I'm breathing. Um, there was a sentence in there that talked about um, pain and the pain, it kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, Cause I was doing things, you know, to take care of myself yesterday and feeling good about it. And then it's like when you started talking about that, it's like clearly I have some more work to do on um, 
on this issue, which, okay, anyway, when I was younger, like so many of us that um, are in this community, um, we needed that effect, you know, we thought we needed that effect from the parents and my mom, and I, I didn't get the touch, and my dad wasn't available. He was off in the Coast Guard, whatever, and Anyway, so I need to put in, I'm Anne, and I am feeling pain because I inflicted it to, um, when I was at my babysitter's, I mean, she was babysitting me, but then I was watching her kids as I got older. And the thought specifically, and I've dealt with this before, so again, I thought I had dealt with it, but I wouldn't have been triggered by what you were saying if I didn't need another level of of healing. Must be at a new level of vitality. Yes. I would think when one of the younger children, really younger than me, um, one of her two girls, when she did something wrong, I would spank her, um, and then I would comfort her. And I... My thought was that later on, after I've been, you know, a part of your work and things like that, one of the wake-up sheets I thought I did, well, not I did, but then I don't know where it is. Um, I did it um, so that I would be able to comfort that child because I wasn't getting it. I mean, now I'm realizing because I wasn't getting it, that was my premise. Because, you know, then I got to comfort her. Oh, it's okay, you know, but you just don't need to do that anymore. I mean, I had no parenting skills. I mean, I was probably, I don't know, junior high age maybe. Um, Right. Anyway, when you were talking about the love, clearly I didn't have that intimacy. I didn't have that touch. And so I went and did this act, this behavior on this child that, then I would be able to comfort, you know, right. and it's right. like that's what I wanted for myself, and I wasn't getting it. Um, it's an interesting so dynamic to uncover. Yeah, I want to put this in the wake-up sheet. So I'm Anne who am loved and experiencing pain. So the pain, I mean, is that something I can put in that space, identify my emotion, my pain is can you be more specific? Is it grief? Is it sadness? Is it um, you know, what? Is it more specific it's, than just pain? No, the pain. The pain. It, was, I guess was more. The pain was more physical. I guess because it was like a shot to my heart. Because you were talking about, you know, here it is, Valentine's heart, and, it, and it's like, you know. <sighs> So it's got to be really sadness that I didn't get what I wanted. So, so sounds like perhaps some self-condemnation that was opened up around this event of self-judgment and uh, yeah, yeah guilt, the judgment. Yeah. Perhaps, yeah. yeah. So maybe it's so I'd say, it sounds like another layer of guilt. The movie, the yeah, that's what more. it sounds like. That, yeah. yeah. And Guilt, tied in and with then, some grief 
you know, yes. a part of you that realizes it could have been something quite different with this child and that, you know, your being would have liked to have offered, but you didn't know any better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because listening to, you know, how you work with Aria and everything, and and it would have been nice to have had those comments, you know. Um, and, yes, it would have been different, like you said. Had I had that upbringing, I would have been treating her differently if she did, you know, something she wasn't For sure. supposed to be doing. Um, okay, so my story, my reality is that, and then I like to use my full name and Charlotte was uh, feeling guilty that she did something that really wasn't appropriate. I mean, I, no, the story, my story is the act that I did, right? My story is that. That sounds she like it, yes. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Now, so now it sounds like a, a Hydra worksheet in that you've uncovered still mm-hmm. a different aspect of it. So I'd do that other worksheet around the way you treated her coming that it might be mm-hmm. beneficial to write her a letter, whether you ever sent it or not, secondary, but to write her a very personal letter about and just, you know, do it kind of like a mind shifter. And just let your mind, rather than censor it or think about it, just do some free-flow writing of everything around that that series of events with that child. Okay, because, I th- yeah, when you just touched on that one thing, it's because I never, um, I always wanted to apologize to her. These were these two sisters. I can't even remember if she's alive now, but... Um, I connected with her, and I and I couldn't remember which sister it was. So it's like, okay. So I think I've never written, or I never. So I'm getting the sense that I would write an apology. Yes. To how yes. I, yeah. Explaining to her, yeah. and explain. I I I kind of make it a dual letter. I'd make it a letter to her, but I'd make it a letter to my younger self as well. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. let the whole let let your you know the veil of your temple open and just let everything flow it onto the page about yourself in that yeah. situation, about you know what you want from dad, what that felt like, what that experience was. I, I just mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of you know it's yeah. like yeah. soup. You know, I've got some potatoes and I got some yep. carrots and I got some beans and they're all cooked together. I can't pull the carrots and the soup, the, the potato and the beans out of the soup. You know, it's all one thing now. But my mm-hmm. my sense is yeah. that if you let yourself write that, you'll kind of unravel the pieces and be able to see the different aspects of it that that come together when they resonate to create this level of pain. You know, when you think about, you know, what, you're now probably about 49 or 50. So it's a few decades ago (laughs) when you, when you think about how imminent the pain is of that, that's, that's a pretty important piece of work to do. I know. And it's like my second thought, and and I agree with you that because my hand is shaking as I'm writing my notes, um, is that 
I went and did something for myself yesterday. You know, spent a good amount of money, but um, ordered some Amish-made furniture, which is going to take a while because the Amish are, you know, they don't have a timeline <laughs> anyway. Right. Um, and I'm going, and I'm feeling really good about that last night, right? But then all of a sudden, when you were talking, this came up, and I'm going, okay, clearly. I didn't feel as good about doing something for myself that I thought because that was the second thing that came up. Oh, wait. I'm not feeling good about myself to have done that, and yet I did it. And so, uh, anyway, um, but I think you're right. I think just because my hand was sticking as I was writing these notes, I go, okay, there's the hole with this free flow thing. I think it's going to be very productive. Because this is a big piece of work, yes. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get a chance it, to apologize, and then I'm apologizing to myself. Yeah, I agree. And you know, you can call her into your space, even though you know, as you say, you're not sure she's even alive. But you can, you know, metaphorically call her into your space and talk to her directly about and address her directly with your apology as well. But I do the writing first because I think it's going to, you're going to find it's going to move in many directions and just unravel a whole ball of wax that will really shift the way you carry out your day, the way you feel in your day. When you unload these dynamics, it's going to be a major in your life. Yeah. Yeah, because I was even feeling bad that I took some time to go work on a jigsaw puzzle with my neighbor because I gave it to me because it was a really difficult puzzle. And I was like, okay, I took that time, and I'm socializing. And it's like, oh, and I have all these other things to do. And I have, you know, this and this and this and this. And then I'm putting it all off, but I've been putting off doing the work as well, this work, like this work. So um, no. I'm waking up, clearly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, okay. it, yes. it, it sounds like it ties in with uh, you know how some of these old thought disorders <clears throat> have inhibited your ability to receive your deserving, which is another aspect of it that as you clear it out, you'll see more and more that you deserve things that will fulfill you and that will bring you delight and pleasure and and uh, joy in the doing and the expression that perhaps because you carry these thought disorders about self and what you don't deserve because of it as you let go of them you'll see that you deserve much more than you've been giving yourself credit for and there's that word credit for I was finishing that because it was always about getting credit you know I needed right. to get credit and for this keeping for that, score Yes, yes. That's a powerful insight. Right. That's awesome. Uh, well, and thank you for that. I mean, it's just like the thought came to me about how you guys watch the movies, and it's like, oh, great. So now Michael's giving this beautiful dissertation on love, and it's triggering me for the opposite. And I go, that's okay. That's all right. Go with it. That's, right? the, and, that's the idea of a mind shifter. <laughs> That's what they're for, <laughs> to bring it up and, uh, you know, stir it up so that you get to look at it and work through it. You don't have to carry that around, you know. 
it what what happens is that you know we're designed to live in a feeling tone mm-hmm. of delight and aliveness and joy that's that's what the human is designed for and we hold ourselves out of that by these thought disorders about self about life that dampen and shut down what we're really designed for and as you forgive those things as you remove those things then just your daily feeling tone is going to move upward up the scale to just whole new levels that previously your mind probably told you weren't possible. Yes. Good breath. I've been, yeah, because it answers, I've been up and down with the emotions, and so I'll turn on jazz because jazz brings up the joy in me, delaying what I should be doing about getting to the front of things, but it kind of answers that question of the up and down and the in and out emotionals and, you know, one day having great, great on track with nutrition, on track with working out, on track, and then the next day just fall apart. And it's like, okay, I really want to be done with this, <laughs> but I know. We still have well, work, to, work to do all along, but um, yeah. and notice, one. Notice when you do get on track, you reach a new level of vitality. And a new level yeah. of vitality, you get to access new layers that need to be healed. And that sounds like exactly yeah. what you've been doing. And so be gentle with yourself yeah. if you find yourself, you know, you're doing everything right nutritionally and you're eating real food and such. And then all of a sudden you turn to junk and you realize, oh, there's something moving. Yeah. Be gentle with yourself and taking care of yourself and let yourself move through that. And, you know, if the if the desire for junk is so strong, it's like, I just have to do it, then bless it and enjoy it. And then go on to the next level of vitality, the next piece of work. Okay, so then that that kind of answers my question about because I slid back in. I had a full month of no television, absolutely none, because I had another opportunity when I went to visit my daughter about, you know, being off the TV because they don't have the TV on, or, I mean, you know, regular channels, cable or anything. Um, but right. And I came back, and I did really good, and then I just fell off, and it's like, okay. I went back into my old pattern, and so then, of course, yeah, then I'm feeling bad, and then so I'm up and down with, okay, okay. Next layer of forgiveness. Right. You're right on track. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, All we're right. down to the last Thank few you. seconds. The show is going to cut us off. So uh, keep us posted on what's moving and what's opening. And if you need any support, you know where we are. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with Dr. Michael Rice and myself, Jeannie Rice, and Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pache as we present the First Century Aramaic Internal Process of Forgiveness. We are here for two hours every Monday through Friday from 12 noon to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Mind Shifters Radio. For more information on Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org.